Morning, men. And good morning to those of you who are with us online this morning. Is my mic on? Here we go. Okay, here we go. Uh, Good to have y'all with us this morning out online with us. And uh, man, it's good to be back. I tell you what, I've missed you guys. Love you guys. Uh, It is a tough thing just to teach to a camera. And golly, I put these lessons together and I thought, man, these lessons are like they're good lessons. I mean, we, we hadn't, I've never taught the book of Jude, or if I have, it's been 15 years ago and I don't remember it. So, uh, I've been having a great time, but it's just been me and the camera. So, uh, I'm glad all of you are back with us this morning. We'll have more, uh, show up as the weeks go by and as the word gets out, but I'm just so grateful. Uh, a couple of things, this still was different when we had to shut it down this time. We had a lot of questions, people wanting to know why other churches were staying open and we were shut down. Our deal was a little bit different, just in the sense of it went through our staff. So I hope you know that I was diagnosed first, and within two days, four or five of our full-time staff were diagnosed. And so it just went, whoo. So our leadership and our ministries were gone. And so uh, that makes it difficult. <laughs> it makes it difficult to keep church open. So anyway, everybody's healthy today. Everybody's doing well. Uh, Amy was the last one to contact uh, the COVID. And uh, she was at staff meeting yesterday. Looked good. Feels good. And I think we're on the back end of this thing. We got the antibodies now. So let's charge forward, right? Uh, we're we're uh, glad you're with us this morning. We're going to have a great time. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. And we'll get started on a fun study this morning. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for... Uh, who you are. I thank you, Jesus, for holding us, keeping us, uh, Lord, for teaching us as we go through this together. And Father, as we, as we build back up, as we gain momentum again, uh, Lord, remind us that there is a kingdom that is not of this earth, but has come to this earth. And it's your kingdom. And Father, let us participate strongly. Father, let us be men of God who go forth in your kingdom, who spread your word, teach your word. And Father, never back up in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, guys, if you've been with us this morning, you know that I've been teaching on the book of Jude. Uh, I've gone through quite a bit. I'm going to start here in Jude 4. So when I say Jude 4, Jude 4, it's not Jude chapter 4. It's Jude chapter 1, verse 4, because there's only one chapter in the book of Jude. That's probably why I enjoy it so much. You know, there's not like 20 chapters or 30 chapters I'm studying. Man, you can just get in this book and go. I had a man who was riding with me a couple of days ago, and he was telling me about the end of times and this, all this stuff is going to happen. All this. I said, why don't you just open your Bible and read the book of Jude? All right, let's just start there. Let's look at some of this. Anyway, it's good to process this. But I, in Jude 1, 4, it says, For certain individuals who whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. Now, I talked about these individuals who have secretly slipped in among them, right? They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our sovereign Lord. And then in verse 11, he says, Woe to them. They have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit in Balaam's heir, and they have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. The last three weeks, I've talked about what those sins look like. And hopefully you've been with me to hear about those sins. Those three men were dangerous men. Those three men had opportunity to turn around men, and they chose not to. As a matter of fact, in Korah's rebellion, all men are created, but I want, are created equal, but all callings are not. And that's what Korah had to, had to realize. That sounds Kind of prideful, sounds kind of different, but who had the calling of Moses other than Moses? Who had the calling of Aaron other than Aaron? I mean, really, and then Korah shows up, and Korah's got an incredible job. I hope you went and listened to that lesson or watched that lesson because Korah's got an incredible job. I mean, Korah is right there in the mix of all of it. He is taking care of the Ark of the Covenant. 
All the things that are in the Ark of the Covenant, there's three things. If you don't know what those three things are, don't worry about it. I'm probably going to preach a series on it here before long. Anyway, uh, then we talked about the way of Cain. It wasn't the sin of Cain. Remember, it was the way of Cain. One bad step in the wrong direction kept him going. He was cautioned by God. He said, hey, Cain, if you don't change your ways, here's the thing. Sin's crouching at your door, and its desire is to conquer you, is to stretch over you. Well, he chose not to listen to the Lord, and not only did it stretch over him, but it killed his brother as well. So hopefully you guys heard that one. And then we talked about Balaam's heir. And Balaam's heir, he's an interesting guy because he's another guy that is given a gift. You remember that? He's a prophet. And he, and he's an incredible prophet, guys. He was so good that Mesopotamia, I'm not even talking about the Midianites, just one group here. I'm talking about that entire region. Listen to this man. And, and God spoke to this man. When this man wouldn't listen to him, then his donkey spoke to him. Mm-hmm. That ought to get his attention. He had opportunity to change as well, but he didn't. He was a prophet for prophet. Be careful. A lot of prophets out there today, anytime we start talking about the end of times, anytime we have a change, we got some serious changes, men, happening today, right, in our culture. We have some serious changes happening in our government. We, we've got a lot of stuff taking place, and these prophets are coming. As a matter, matter of fact, it's amazing me how many of them are revising their books from 25 years ago. We might ought to pay attention to that. A prophet for profit, right? Let's keep going. Today... Today, here's the big idea. You ready? The title of this message is, is titled The Kept. But the big idea is when tested, what's fake won't save you. When tested, what's fake won't save you. So we got to talk about what's real. We got to talk about what's pure. We got to talk about what's holy this morning. If you go back to verse one, it says this, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Now, I don't know how many of us wouldn't want mercy, peace, and love multiplied to us, right? But he says this, he says, to those who are called, beloved of God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. Now, if you put that in perspective, I want you to hear something. Those who pursue Jesus, those who are walking with Christ, he keeps us. Just let that be assurance today. Let me say it this way. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. That's it. He keeps his own. This is what he's talking about. He keeps his own. But here's the difference. Some will not choose to keep him. They're going to put their hope. They're going to put their trust. They're going to put their confidence in someone else, possibly even in themselves. Let's keep going. Some of you, like me, can remember when the seatbelt law came into effect. Any of y'all remember when the seatbelt law? And and what was the first reaction of men? Oh, no, I ain't going to do that. Nobody's telling me to put on. Some of you, I see you out there. I, my kids still today sometimes say, Dad, you got to put your seatbelt on, right? Some of you remember when that came out. And some of you will remember this New Zealander. Uh, he made the news back in the day. His name's Ivan Seguinan. Any of you remember him? Check this out. He got 32 tickets because this man said, I ain't doing it. You're not going to make me wear my seat. That is my choice whether or not I wear my seatbelt, right? And here's the thing. Finally, instead of obeying the law, the man decided to rely on deception. This is what he did. He made a fake seatbelt that would hang over his shoulder. He could just sit in his car, hang it over his shoulder. And guess what? It alleviated the problem for a while. Because the truth is, is that when the police saw him, they were like, oh, heck, he's got his seatbelt on. Look at this guy. 
he's just going on. But then he had on a head-on collision uh, a couple of years later and uh, was killed. See, I want you to know his fake seatbelt couldn't save him. And if there's a moral of this story, this is what it is. When tested, what's fake will not save you. It's just the truth. See, this man, these men who were slipping into the church, they were spreading something false. They were spreading a false gospel, a partial gospel, a gospel of good news that, that never had bad consequences, right? I mean, if we are kept by God, what do we have to worry about? It's only one side of the coin, men. I want you to hear this. It's only one side of the coin. This is what Jude is concerned about. You're hearing the grace side of the message, but you need to know that there is a responsibility to grace. There's a responsibility to the gospel. And Jude's concerned about that. And matter of fact, it might even be the most important side. But I want you to see this. In verse 5, he says, Now I want to remind you, though you know everything once and for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe, and angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper dwelling place. Let's talk about angels who abandon their proper growing place. This is what it tells me. It tells me that there's rank in the kingdom of God. Yeah, because if they abandoned something, it meant that they were told to stay with it. Now, those of you who were in the military, in the army, you know, your first general order. Is any of you remember your first general order? <laughs> I put you on the spot. Man, don't feel bad about it. I don't know that I remember it. But it says, I will guard everything within the limits of my post and quit my post only when properly relieved. In other words, I have a responsibility to this post. And what he's saying is there were angels who were given a post, but guess what? They, they ran off. They abandoned. They wanted more. They desired, desired more. More for themselves instead of more for the kingdom of God. So let's keep going. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they in the same way as these angels indulged in sexual perversion and went after strange flesh, are exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. So right there, it's almost like we have this coin and grace is on this top, uh, on the top of this coin, it's heads. And, and what Jude did is he flipped it and it wound up on tails. And he said, let me remind you about the tales of the story. What really happened to Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sexual immorality? because of their willingness to walk away. Now, this this really parallels somebody that we talked about last week. Any of you remember? Any of you watch it? Any of you out there this morning? Right, Balaam. We talked about Balaam, and it, it really kind of parallels what, what happened with Balaam. He was a prophet for prophet, but you remember when he went to curse the Israelites, Balak said, hey, go up there and curse them. Because they're, they're actually, they are, they are gaining so many. They are reproducing at such a rate. They are growing at such a rate. His words were this, that they're licking up the grass in the field. In other words, they're using up all the, the resources. They're going to come and take us over and they won't even have to really because we're going to use all our resources anyway. So go and curse them. You remember what happened? He went up on four different mountaintops, but on three of those mountaintops, he tried to give a curse upon the Israelites, and the only thing that would come out of his mouth was were blessings. Why? Because God can't curse what he's already blessed. He won't. He won't. So here's this blessing that's taking place. So here's, here's what, what Balaam did. It was going to cost him probably his life because what he was hired to do, he couldn't do. And so he said, I'll tell you how to do it. 
You need to send those lovely women that are part of your kingdom over there. And you need to entice them out of their way with God. You need to entice them through sexual immorality. Give them whoever, whatever they want, however they want it. This is how you do it. And our women will lead them to false gods. And they will choose to walk away. That's how it will happen. And that's exactly the warning here that Jude has given men. You see, there's two sides of the coin. We are kept by God. But the other thing is, is we have to keep our God. We, we oftentimes don't teach that. We don't, we don't teach the responsibility that's supposed to come with our faith in Christ. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And God is the giver of, of faith, but he gives that faith the way that he determines, not how we determine. I know a lot of people try to muster up faith all the time. And, and God's saying, hey, I, I'll tell you how. Walk with me. Just, just choose me this day. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Let's keep going. I'm going to be honest with you. We oftentimes want the salvation without the sacrifice. I wrote a handful of these. We want salvation without repentance. It's amazing to me the grace and mercy of our God that was shown to those three men. You talk about Balaam. He had the opportunity to turn and change from his ways. The gift set that he had, God himself spoke to him. He claimed to hear all the other gods, but God, the God of Israel, spoke to him. It's, it's amazing to me that Cain had the opportunity to repent, but Cain chose not to. Korah had the opportunity when Moses confronted him, when Moses fell on his face before he got in his face, he had the opportunity, but he chose not to. You see, it's just pride. See, oftentimes we want salvation without the repentance. Maybe for some of you, you want the sex without the relationship, without the commitment of marriage. We want righteousness without responsibility. We want freedom apart from holiness. You see, our lives should be a pursuit of holiness, of something greater, men, than what we have today. How's my tomorrow going to be better today? It's going to be better because of the choice that I make to walk with Jesus. It's going to reflect His, his kingdom. You see, last week we learned that God can't curse what He's already blessed. So the Israelites had to be led away from Him because He wouldn't leave them. They were led away through sexual temptation to false gods, to false doctrines. Now, I'm not saying that we have a perfect doctrine here in this church. I would not say that. I would say Jesus is the only one who walked in perfect doctrine. He was the perfect preacher, right? But we cannot use our forgiveness as an excuse to live in sin. We say it all the time, a sinner saved by grace. In other words, excuse my sin because it's covered by grace. No, you have a responsibility to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to show you here in just a moment. And this to me is what, is what Jude's really trying to, trying to shoot at. He's saying, Hey, look, yes, you're forgiven. Yes, all these, the gospels. As a matter of fact, he said, my desire was to write about the commonality of our salvation in Jesus Christ. But there are some men who have slipped among you who are perverting this, taking it to an extreme. It's licentiousness. And so he, he throws this warning out there. But here's the thing. If you have the free gift of salvation, the free gift of righteousness, and God is faithful, what do we have to worry about? It's a gift. I want you to know, man, if you love the gift, you take care of it. You honor it. You have a responsibility to it. Now, I'm about to give you a cheesy example in my own life. But just stay with me through this part, okay? When I was uh, 
I was probably, I don't know, seven, maybe six or seven. And I remember one Christmas, uh, my parents asked us what we wanted. I wanted a BMX bicycle. I'm talking about one I could jump, jump the ditches. You know, I wanted to build the big jump. I wanted a BMX bicycle. And my parents had had a tough year on the farm. They explained to us kids that Christmas might look a little different this year. And Christmas Eve night, when we got home on the farm, I, I really didn't think we'd been at my grandmother's and we came home. It was after dark. The Christmas tree was, was sitting by the door, of course. And, uh, when we walked in, I really didn't think that, that year that I would get my BMX bicycle. But there it was. And I was so excited. Now here's the thing. I took it straight back to my room. I shared my room with my older brother. He was already gone by that time. But I took it back there by my bed and I slept by that bicycle that night. I was so proud of that gift. The next day, I wouldn't ride it outside. I only rode it down the hall. And we had a real narrow hallway and a real short hallway. And I'd come out in the living room and I'd go back, ride it in my bedroom, and I'd just stand there and I'd admire this gift that was given to me. You see, uh, uh, eventually, when I started riding it outside, man, you need to know this, I would bring it in the house and I'd wipe the tires down. So mom wouldn't get angry with me. And I would push that bicycle back and set it up by my bed. And every morning when I got up, the first thing I looked at was that gift. I was so proud of my gift. I had a responsibility to it. And I understood that there was a sacrifice made in order to give me that bicycle. See, we should never take the sacrifice for granted. There's a sacrifice that's given for each and Every one of us, men, that's Jesus Christ. His blood was shed. It ran out to the full so that our sins, yes, not would just be covered, the Scripture says in Hebrews, to be taken away. That, that this lamb took away the sins. So that tells me that we are empowered to overcome sin, not live in it and just say it's covered by grace. And that's where Jude was going here. Look, how are we going to be the example of holiness to the world if we continue to look like it? If we just live by one side of this coin. See, James, the brother of Jude, he stated, faith without works is dead. Isn't it interesting that James is the brother of Jude? Who else is there? Who is their half-brother? Do you know? Jesus. <laughs> Sunday school question, right? The half-brother of, of Jesus, the full brother of Jude, said faith without works is dead, that you have a responsibility to the kingdom of God in your life. See, when tested, what's fake won't save you. He's writing to a church that has fake seatbelts in use. He's writing to a church that's left the common salvation. And this faith, once and for all, delivered to the saints, he has instead, he's saying you've substituted it for this fake teaching. And, and what's fake, man? We should remember this. It won't save us. We have a responsibility because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so his effort's not going to look much different than Balaam's effort, the effort that we talked about last week to get us to walk away. We're saved anyway. Shoot, it's a free gift of salvation. It is as it should be through my free gift of righteousness. Well, do we have a responsibility? Let me ask you this way. Do we have an obligation to it? You see, he may not can get your salvation, but he sure enough might lead you astray down the wrong direction to a different destination. 
He's looking to entice us men. He wants us to have all the feels, but no responsibility to them. Now, let me say this about Jude. Jude tells us straight up, he said, men, don't be surprised. This is going to happen. Matter of fact, Jude really relates very closely to 2 Peter. If you want to study one, it's not a bad idea to go and study 2 Peter and look at what's happening in 2 Peter because all of this kind of, kind of bubbles up. But here's the thing. Throughout this letter, you get the impression that Jude is not conveying new information. He's reminding us of something. For instance, in verse 5, he says, I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, I want to remind you of something that's taken place. And then in Jude 1, 17, he says, But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. What he's saying is that we need to remember that this is to be expected. Don't be surprised. We have been adequately warned. In uh, Acts chapter 20. You see the Apostle Paul kind of talk about some of these. He said, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Isn't that interesting? He said they're just going to try to draw them away. Jesus said it. I don't know where it's at, but it's in there. I'm just kidding. I think it's Matthew 17, 20, but he says, beware of false prophets, you know, who come to you basically as wolves in sheep's, in sheep's clothing. They're looking to lead you astray. They're, they're looking to cause you to drift. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. That's what's found in 1 Timothy 4.1 and 2 Timothy 3.1. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Second Peter 3, 3, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of a reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Now, I chose this one because he says something about the prophets. What separates these prophets? Holiness. He says, I want you to remember the words of the holy prophets. Holiness is a pursuit of God. Holiness keeps us inactivity with the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, next week I'm going to talk about what it looks like because Jude, he it, when he finishes all this stuff up, what Jude does is he gets in this deal and he says, now I'm going to give you some ways of, of making sure you're on both sides of this coin. And, and he, he shows us how to do that, and it's through the Holy Spirit. It's being led in your holiness or to holiness through the power of the Spirit of God within you. So we got to talk about the power of the Spirit of God within us. So Jude is saying something very familiar. He's saying, look, I don't be surprised because this stuff goes on. Now, isn't it amazing that we look at this being written 2,000 years ago and it speaks to us today? I'm telling you, churches are popping up like crazy right now. Uh, prophets are coming out of the woodwork. A lot of them are coming right over our, our airwaves. They're telling you, it's amazing to me how many people sent me either a prophetic word or are sending me emails that are attached to YouTube videos to go and watch this prophet and watch this prophet and watch this prophet. And I've watched a lot of these prophets. It's amazing to me. Most of the prophets said Donald Trump is going to be president. Maybe. We're about to find out, right? The January 20th is showing up pretty quick. 
But he says, don't be surprised. There are going to be those that come in among you that preach a really good gospel. And you need to hear, men, you need to hear that gospel. You need to know what righteousness is, that it's a gift. You need to know that salvation is a gift. But what good is that when we don't have a responsibility to it? Now, here's the thing. There is no way we can uphold our end the way God upholds his end. You're going to slip. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up. There's going to be times where temptation is going to cause you to be pulled away. But men, don't give up. Don't give up. Remember, we're we're just uh, a men who can kneel down and repent and be empowered through that repentance to move on to a place of holiness to move on to a place of glorification. That's where God wants us to be. So being kept and keeping men is a both and. Let me say that again. Being kept and keeping is a both and. It's a both and. It's a sobering message. I know, but stay with me, guys. Y'all, y'all wake up. Y'all are going to live through this. All right. But but it is. And as a matter of fact, watch what he writes in verse 20. Watch how he says it. Watch how Jude says it. Because he starts off here by, by praising all this, this good stuff and saying, and you are kept, you you men, you holy men, y'all are kept in Jesus' promises in his grace. And then watch where he goes in verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, watch this, verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. So Jude almost wraps up his letter here to the church by saying, hey, uh, you are kept, but you need to keep. You need to hold. He says, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. So I think this is a great, great place for us to set the groundwork for next week. Next week, we're going to talk about what it looks like, men, to keep Keep what God has given us to be responsible to the gifts that he's given us to be responsible to the gospel that Jesus has given us because we have a responsibility too. there is no doubt man couldn't keep the covenant in the Old Testament. And today we rely heavily upon the grace of God, his ability, not our ability. But you are strongest when you walk with your father and you are weakest the further you drift away or are pulled away from him. How should we respond to false teachers? We know they're going to come. Do we go on the defenses? Do we build these moats and walls, these false, where these false teachers can't get in? Do you go in, go on the offensive, attacking the first sign of false teaching? Well, there's some room for this, but look, this is the first place we start. We keep ourselves in the love of God. That's what Jude says. Here's your first step. Keep yourself in the love of God. If you keep yourself in the love of God, it means you're loving God and God's loving you and you're hearing his voice. It's the safest place to be. As a matter of fact, what Jude is saying is secure your own position. Secure your own position. How about this? How about this? How about you go back to that first general order, right? Man your post. Man your, keep your position. Secure your spiritual position. Before you can address the false teachers or the false teaching, make sure that you are secure in who God is and who you are to Him and who He is to you. Right? Appreciate and take responsibility for your gifts. Remember, what's fake won't save you. Man, there's some questions there on your desk. Feel free to uh, go through those questions. Only three or four of them this morning. It ought to bring some good conversation among us. Men online, it's good to have you with us. We'll see you next week.